Welcome to a bit of a different episode of Stuck on Sport today. I'm your host, Jim Lowton. It's just me in today. Today we'll be running the show slightly different as there is no one else here. I'll be posing some statements and doing a bit of real overreaction just like they do on AFL 360. Uh, We'll be looking into some of my views on the first four rounds of the AFL season. Then we'll be looking at a few uh, of the commentary highlights later on. So I'll get straight into it. And I'll be posing the real or overreaction statements from AFL 360 last night and giving my thoughts on them because they're very interesting takes last night and I disagree with The first statement is Carlton are in serious trouble. Now, my view is that that is a major, major overreaction. Now, I know the statistics speak for themselves so far. They've only won three matches in their last 36 games. Then under Brendan Bolton, they've only won 15 in their 70 games under him. So that's it is a damning, damning stat. But we can't just discard all of the progress that their young stars are making and have continued to make over the last couple of years. We know that Patrick Cripps is an absolute star. We know Charlie Curnow is a star in the making. And just on the weekend, Sam Walsh got the Rising Star nomination and he's probably the front-runner for that whole competition so far, in my opinion. He's had 23, 25, 28, and now 28 again on Sunday disposals. So that is just a fantastic effort from the young man and I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. So we need to look past just the wins and losses column. And and I do get that that the need the wins need to start coming. Really, if we look at it, if Mitch McGovern is standing two meters behind where he was, if he was supposed to be he was supposed to be on the line and if he was standing on the line then they win that game. And that doesn't fix all the problems but it, it is the difference between winning and losing sometimes. It's not the difference between them playing finals this year because they won't be playing finals. But it is the difference between winning and losing. And those are the sort of lessons that they will learn from this sort of match. And coming into next year or the year after, when they are finals contenders, they won't be making those mistakes anymore. So that that's the real point I have with Carlton. I think they're going in the right direction. Uh, the young stars are definitely there, but they just need to get some wins on the board to justify it to the fans as well, because the fans deserve a few wins every now and then, and it's been a lean couple of years or a lean decade really. But uh, I think they're going, they're heading in the right direction, and I think in the next five to ten weeks, I think they might pick up three or four wins. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, the next real overreaction is the coaches are to blame for the low scoring now. That is, in my opinion, absolutely 100% real. Now, over the last few years, defence has been absolutely paramount in uh, a premiership winning team. And and that's fine. And I I like that uh, a defence is a good offence. The best offence is a good defence, sorry. But for the starting of the year, everyone's been saying, oh, the 6-6-6 rule has been the call it's supposed to bring in all this scoring and, and it hasn't done it so far but centre bounce scoring 
is only one facet of the game, really. And as soon as that is bounced up in the middle, it just goes back to the old way that they were playing football. Now, if you look at Collingwood and Geelong, two of the more impressive sides to start the 2019 season, their whole game plan has been around controlling the football and not letting your opposition defend and then rebound attack. So they've been chipping it around the back and moving forward. West Coast have been doing this very well as well. They've probably been the best at it, actually, because they've been moving the ball forward as they're chipping it around. Other teams don't do it so well, and then they kind of get caught like Adelaide. So their their game plan hasn't quite clicked together yet. But the first few sides I talked about, Geelong and Collingwood, they're the ones that have really been dominating the ball. Collingwood had a against Richmond had a world record for how many uncontested marks in the first half. They had almost 200 in the match, and that's that's a crazy number of marks, because considering that sometimes 400 disposals in a game is a lot. If you look at Geelong versus G- GWS on the weekend, Geelong only got 305 disposals. So to get nearly 200 uncontested marks is just crazy. So in my opinion, controlling the football and not pushing it forward is uh, the reason for the low scoring so far. It hasn't been a whole lot... Uh, lower scoring than usual, just a little bit, about six points, six and a half points on average. But it, it is the reason, because centre bounce scoring is up, and that's what the 6-6 rule was brought in to do. And also in the last and final seconds of games, it also keeps it very interesting, because there is no uh, 15 players down the one end. So that is, that's one of the good things about the rule. I'm a big fan of the 6-6 rule. Um, the third real overreaction is... The umpiring is the worst it's ever been, and I think that's real, unfortunately. Uh, I was very critical of the umpiring last weekend when Collingwood played... When they played West Coast, I thought some of the worst decisions I've ever seen, they were shocking. They're just And they're really costly at the moment. They just seem... They seem to be all over the shop, the umpires. They don't really know what they're doing because... The rules are so complex at the moment and no one really knows what's going on and they're so soft with some decisions like you can you can see some like just slightly touch someone on the back and then it's a, a free kick and then you can see someone absolutely downed in a tackle that they've been bouncing the ball halfway out the field and then they get holding it's clearly holding the ball and everyone in the crowd thinks it is and except the umpires because it's knocked out in the tackle but it's holding the ball. So just how they can be so on opposite ends of the spectrum is just uh, really mind-blowing. And th- another rule that's been really uh, in the media at the moment is the sliding rule. And I think that's totally poorly adjudicated as well because a lot of the time players are just falling over players going for the ball in in hopes to earn a free kick and it works way too much. Uh, I get I get the uh, sentiment for the rule because it is it is a good rule. The rule is right when it's adjudicated correctly because if someone slides straight into someone's legs dangerously, it should be a free kick. But if someone has only eyes for the ball and they're not sliding, they're just jumping on the ball to get it and someone jumps over the top of them just to get a free kick, that's not right. And it's, it's similar to in frustration to the ducking as well. So that that's a real, real issue for me. The fourth real overreaction I have is Port have missed the boat. Now, that's a slight overreaction for me. Now, they started the season 2-0, and zero, and then they lost a close one against Brisbane. Where really, they had really good opportunities to win, and now they should have won 
this match against Richmond, a really depleted Richmond side on the weekend. It's hard to say that they will make finals from here, and it's it's definitely not out of the question, of course. They've got a very good side, so they're not out of the question, but losing two games that were... I would say they should have won that game against Brisbane. Being 10 points up with uh, five minutes ago, you should be winning that game, and you do win that game most of the time. And then against Richmond, their depleted side, everyone thought they would win. I don't think anyone thought uh, Richmond would really put up that much of a fight. Now, they were fantastic, Richmond. All credit to them. But it really is an opportunity gone begging for Port. So they for a season that could have started 4-0, and zero, they're now 2-2 two and two and a couple of big weeks coming up. So I'll find it very interesting if they can keep their momentum going into this week coming up and uh, beyond that because... Uh, with those two losses, it really does hurt their finals credentials. And the last real action we have is the Lions are mentally not strong enough yet. Now, I think that's it's a little bit harsh, but it's real as well. Because when they came up against the Bombers on Saturday, they were overawed by the occasion. There was a pretty big Essendon crowd in there, about... Just over 50,000, I think it was. All Essendon 2 was a very, very loud Essendon crowd. The big spaces of the MCG just don't really suit their game style as well as they would have liked. And that's fully reasonable because they play at the Gabba, which is about 15 metres shorter and about 8 metres thinner than the MCG. So it's a totally different uh, oval to defend to the Gabba. And really, Essendon really cut them up with that. They spread the zones, and then they go straight and fast through the middle. And when Essendon play their fast attacking game style like they do, and then when they play it well, they're near unstoppable in that sense because they're so quick. I'd say they're pretty much the quickest list in the AFL. So when their skills are on point, they're very, very hard to stop. And when uh, when they're able to create space for themselves like they were able to do against Brisbane on the weekend uh, really is a good thing for the Bombers and obviously not a good thing for the Lions. But coming up against the Bombers, it was a very, very good opportunity to go 4-0 and zero and there, there is a big, big difference between 4-0 and zero and 3-1. and one. And the next couple of weeks, they come up against Collingwood this week in a massive game at the Gabba, probably the biggest game at the Gabba in 10 years at least, I'd say. Maybe since uh, their elimination final, uh, where I think it was Brayshaw kicked the winning goal um, about 10 years ago. I think that was might have been 2009, yeah. So probably their biggest game there in about 10 years. So it's a very, very important contest coming up because they could be 3-2 and two or they could be 4-1. and one. You just never know that with this competition at the moment, it's so close between the wins and losses. It's... At the moment, it's not these teams getting better, being better than these teams. It's it's just getting the wins on the board because some teams are beating other teams from anywhere. You know, twelve will beat eighth, and then first will beat fifteenth, and then eleventh will beat ninth. You just don't know what's happening. It's just all about getting the wins on the board early before the pieces fall, and you know who are the better eight teams and who are the worst ten teams. So we don't really know where those pieces are going to fall yet. So that's uh, my real overreaction so far. Uh, I did disagree with a few of the 
points on AFL 360. Uh, Robbo and Jared weren't really of the opinion that the coaches were to blame for the low scoring, but I'm very strong on the fact that I think that they are. So it's a, a very interesting point there. We finished off with the Bombers and the Lions there, which was a really good, really good, fast-flowing match, high-scoring as well, well, especially on the Bombers' end. And Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, had a fantastic match on the weekend. And we've got a bit of a call, a bit of gold from uh, Triple M to finish off the segment here. Uh, so Essendon fans, strap in and have a listen to Triple M's call of Tip and Woody on the weekend. And he focused nicely on the ball, the Irishman. And then off he goes, sticks it inside, oh. 50. Oh, Tipper, Tipper, where do you want it? Tipper. What about the leading lane? <laughs> All over the place, the Brisbane Lions. And Duck reckons outside of Tony Lockett, this is the best kicking action yep. he's ever seen. Best ever. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody. And he's going at over 70%. Which is the best ever. Yep. Let's so have a look at it. Here he goes, Tipper. Expect this to go right through the guts. Yeah. Couldn't miss. Couldn't. Not possible to miss this. Yeah. He comes in. Oh, oh look at it, Duck. <laughs> right <laughs> over the goal umpire's hat. So McDonald, Tip and Woody who earlier today, Duck said, was Lockett-like in his set shot execution. Yeah, he's best in the world mm-hmm. ever. Well, he has been so far. No one's ever kicked as accurately as this man. So let's see how he goes with this set shot. <laughs> We're waiting for a miss, though. Oh, Duck! <laughs> Look at Duck! He's got all firm down in the trouser area, Duck! As Tip and Woody sticks his fourth through. All set shots, Ash? Yes, yeah, spot on. Oh, oh magnificent. Sideways to McGrath. There's Tipper. Oh, look at Tipper. The work Tipper, here done. we go. Good run. If he gets on the end of this, we'll have another yeah. look. Oh, oh, no. The Tony oh, Lockett of the modern era has won kick. a high free. And now we get to look at this set shot routine for the Tipper. <laughs> never missed, JB. Yeah. He's never missed this guy. No. Well, he started this on our back flank. Duck says he's the straightest the game has ever seen, McDonald, Tippin, Woody. Even straighter than the great Tony Lockett, who was in the house Thursday night. So he's 48 minutes out on a serious angle, but not a problem. But should kick it. And and genuine fatigue. But a little man, and therefore the drop doesn't have to go far. We've heard Duck with it all. So for his fifth. The world's best. From the set shot, McDonald, Tippin, Woody. Oh, Duck. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm getting pushed out the front of the box. <laughs> Five for Tipper. All from the set shot. We've got 20 odd seconds left. Time enough for another bomber score. Stringer off a step. Tipper Woody's been enormous. Oh. oh, get going. Pick it up. Get going, yes. Tipper. Kick your seventh. Has a bounce. Straightens up. And there it is. Seven goals, Tipper oh, Woody. Tipper. He's taken a monstrous amount of piss. Love sport? Then get stuck on sport by following us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to the Stuck On Sport channel on Wooshka. Don't forget to get involved in the podcast by replying to our page and ask questions that you would like answered. Welcome back to Stuck On Sport. I'm your host, Jim Loden. And to finish off our segment to the one-man show, we're just going to be looking ahead to round five in the AFL season. And there's a few massive, massive matches coming up. Now, my favourite match for the weekend, I think, is going to be on the Thursday night against Brisbane and Collingwood. Now, it has massive implications for both clubs. Collingwood uh, 2-2 now. Now, they haven't been as impressive as a lot would have thought. Now, they have come up against a few really good sides in Geelong and 
West Coast, but they had an easier draw against uh, against a depleted Richmond side and the Western Bulldogs, who they only just got over the line against. They really had a chance to miss that one on the weekend, but for them to get ahead of the ledger coming into Anzac Day against Essendon is a big, big uh, factor for them. On the other hand, the Brisbane Lions, now starting the season 3-0, and zero, can, if they go back down uh, to 3-2, it could... Uh, with the young side, you never really know how they're going to respond from that. So it's a bit interesting to see how that works. Um, Essendon and North Melbourne will be playing on the Good Friday match on Friday afternoon at 4.20. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, maybe think about having a bit of a donation to the Good Friday appeal. Great cause. Both teams have been out to see uh, some of the children at the Royal Children's Hospital and uh, they really have done a fantastic job in... Uh, supporting that cause, especially North Melbourne, who have been a part of the day for a few years now, have really been important in uh, driving that. So well done to North Melbourne, and they really do deserve to party. I know there's been a few people around the place saying that uh, they don't deserve the day because they're not one of the big clubs, but they are 100% deserving of this day, and they should be playing on the day because of all the fantastic work they've done for Good Friday Appeal. So good on them, and uh, on the weekend to both those sides. Um, a few other matches that have got really, really interesting are Melbourne and St Kilda. Now, at the start of the year, we wouldn't have thought this would be a, a blockbuster match. Now, maybe it's not a blockbuster match yet, but Melbourne have been very, very poor and St Kilda have been more than impressive so far. So a bit of reversal of roles and what we thought would happen. Uh, I feel, I will. I think I'll be tipping Melbourne in this one. I don't, I don't think St Kilda can keep up what they've been going at so far, but really Melbourne's speed has really been lacking at the MC, so I'm not sure how their game's going to hold up. It'll be very interesting to see, so that's that's a bit of a toss of the coin, that one. Richmond and Sydney playing on the Saturday night, another big, big match. Sydney have been performing very well in Melbourne over the last few years, so I think they go into the match very, very, very slightly favourites, but to see I mean, at Marvel Stadium is, is a bit different, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, the Bulldogs and Carlton playing a big, big match on the weekend. It's another opportunity for Carlton to get a win finally. But uh, the Bulldogs have been just as impressive this year and Marcus Bontempelli has been the form player of the competition along with Lockie Neal so far to start the 2019 season. So how uh, I'm really looking forward to a, a big uh, Crips versus Bontempelli matchup. It'll be fantastic to see. All right, that pretty much locks us in for round five of the AFL season. Thank you, everyone else, for listening. Uh, Enjoyed your company today, and uh, thanks for listening to Suck on Sport. Thank you.